but I trust that God will do, and I not trust, I know that God will do what He needs to do this morning. And nobody was, none of the leaders were aware of what I'm going to be sharing on this morning. And I'm just so encouraged to see how God just has got His hand on things. When I hear about um, the messages that's been coming from the prayer meeting, what, what's been said, um, the, the words that's been brought during, uh, during worship. And uh, there's such a thing of, that God's preparing our hearts. And, um, and I trust that, that as we go into this message, um, that each, one, each and every single one of you will, will be actually opening up your heart and say, God, I, I want to be vulnerable this morning. I want to listen to what it is that you're saying and say, God, come and do what you need to do, but it's going to take an action from you. And so some of you have been in Jostin for, for years. Some have been for two years, one year, a couple of months, visited recently. Um, we've got some new visitors today. And all of us are in different spaces in our life, different stages and we're going through different things. Um, and, you know, things might have been tough. Things might be going well for you. Um, we all, as I said, we're all at different stages. But where are you this morning? And I think that's the question that God wants to probe to us today. And I think it's a question that each and every single one of us needs to be honest and open with God today. God knows everything. But as we go into the message, I want us to see that God wants us to, to, to come before Him and acknowledge and say, God, this is where I am. This is what's happening. And, and you are the only solution. We sang about it this morning. And so I'm glad to see that the overhead projector is working because um, I've got quite a bit on there that will help you as well, especially when you're taking notes. And... Uh, I do believe God is going to speak to each and every single one of, this, of us this morning. So I want to encourage you to take notes. And like, what is God saying to you? You can use your cell phones. You can use a little book. You can, whatever is easy for you. And uh, so I want to start out with Genesis 3, verses 8. And it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? All right, so most of us will be aware that just before this, Adam and Eve, what had happened? They sinned. All right, they did something they weren't supposed to do that God was very clear on. And when they did it, they realized that they were naked. So they got a knowledge that they weren't supposed to have. And what happened is they went and hide. And this is now where God comes. And God is pursuing them. He's going after them. And he's, he's going to them. He's walking to them. And he's asking them this question, where are you? Now, God won't ask us where we are because he knows where we are. But he asks us this question. He asks Adam and Eve this question. So that there can be a valuation of where they really are at. What is their situation? What are they going through? What happened to get to this point? 
So it's a spiritual evaluation. And a, 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 to bring us to a place where we can confess this is what happened. And that's what God wants, I feel, wants to do with each and every single us, one of us here this morning. So the question to you is, you need to turn around, where am I? So God is asking you this morning, where are you? And I want us to look at a couple of ways that we can learn from this question. Maybe five points that we can learn from the question, these questions that we can apply in our lives. And the, the first one, if you can go to the, to the next slide, um, the first one is God is always seeking after us. As I said, it was God that initiated the conversation. He was the one that, that went after them. He was the one that walked to them. Um, and he, when he came looking for them, he wasn't physically asking, where are you? Because God knew exactly where they were. And so God is the one that I want, I want you to know here this morning. Regardless of what you're going through, God is pursuing you. He's going after you. His hand is stretched out to you. He is the one that is pursuing us. We are not the ones that is pursuing God. People don't go to church because they look for God. Or they want to get to... You end up at church because God has pursued you. There's a reason why each and every single one of us are here today. You are not here by chance. You are here because God, the God of this universe, is pursuing you. And He's coming to you and He's saying, where are you? Where are you at? God, I'm sitting in Kiroch Hall, in this hall here in Brackenfell. Friday, I tried it with my wife. I asked her, where are you? And she gave us... She gave me her exact location. Number 10, Schubert Street, Pretty Heights, Brackenfell, 7560. That was not what I was looking for. But God knows where we're at. And He wants to, He's the one pursuing us. We are not the one that is pursuing Him. Luke 19, verses 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God sent Jesus to come and seek and save the lost, to come and pursue you and me. He did it, not us. God initiates the search for us because He loves us and He has grace for us. John 3.16 is the, 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 the verse that we, most people know. And it says, the next slide, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So can, can you see now, this morning, as we are sitting here, and I'm standing, God is the one that's coming to you this morning and He's asking you, where are you this morning? What is happening in your life? But God, why would you ask such a question if you know? And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. Number two, God asks this question because He wants us to be honest with ourselves. And I think that's something that we really need to look at, are we honest with ourselves? And, and how can we look at those ways? Can we, can we maybe get someone to help us? But when he asked the question to Adam and Eve, didn't want to ask him where they physically at. He wanted 
wasn't looking for their location. He wanted them to be honest about their sinfulness. And he wanted them to be honest about their need for him. And in Genesis 3, verses 11 to 13, it carries on and says, And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is, what is this you have done? He poses a question differently to the woman, eh? Then to the man. God was very direct with the man, and he asked the question differently to the woman. And he says, what is this you have done? More gentle question, if you want to call it that. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So they both explained themselves, gave an excuse blamed one another and the other, but they both came to the same conclusion. They confessed. God, I, sin- I ate. I-, I ate. And so this morning, as you're sitting here and, and you're listening to this as we go through, these things that God are highlighting to you, in your heart, God, I realize these things. These things are happening in my life. And I want to confess them to you. And this is the place that God wants to bring them at. This is what the Bible calls repentance. He wants to bring us to a place of repentance. So you first made them admit, um, and it, to, to acknowledge, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be here in the garden out of God's will. Where God wanted me to be. I'm not supposed to be hiding. I'm not supposed to be covering myself. God has made them see that something happened within them. They've seen that they are where they are because of where they are. And all of us, and all of this has happened because they disobeyed. Because they did something that they didn't do. Now, I know that all of us have done things that we're not supposed to do. All right? And when your father or your mother comes to you, and what do you do? No, I didn't do it. I remember, I think I was six or seven years old, Spa, Northern Pole. And I loved these small little cars, these small racing cars that I had. And I actually decided this one day, I'm going to steal this little racing car. And they caught me. When I went out the door, they caught me. And even when they caught me with the car in my pocket, I told them I didn't do it. And I tried to blame and I had all these excuses. And then when my parents got there, I was in big trouble. But they got me to a place where I acknowledged. And when I acknowledged, this is what I have done, I learned a big lesson, and I won't do it again. I actually went back years later when I got saved. I went back, looked for the owner to go and 
apologize. Couldn't find the owner. It was new owners. So, but when we confess, when we come to a place where we say, Lord, I ate, I did it. That is as far as we can go. Because that gives God the basis and the ground for Him to actually bring us to a place of, of abundance. To bring us to a place where He can forgive us and that we can move forward. It immediately provides the ground for God to act. But He finds us in our failure and in our guilt, in our nakedness and in our loss. And immediately brings us to a place of repentance. The next one is we need to assess our spiritual condition. And uh, I think this is a, is a big one. God questioned Adam and Eve as a way of assessing their spiritual condition. He wanted them to realize that they were lost and they needed to be found. And in the same way, I feel God, we, this morning we must be honest with God about where we are spiritually. And that we can come to a place where we can confess, actually openly. Because this morning we were seeing, do whatever you want to, Lord, this morning. We were all singing it this morning. Come and do what you want to. And I think he's highlighting things to us this morning, that we must come to him this morning and say, Lord, I, I want to confess. We cannot hide from God or pretend to be where we should be. And uh, Hebrews 4 Verses 13 says the following, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him who we must give an account. There's nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing you can hide from God. God knows the things that we do in the secret, that we hide from people. And you know it, but you can't hide it from God. And in the same way, we need to assess our spiritual condition. We need to examine our hearts and see if there's anything that is hindering our relationship with God. And so there's a lot of things that can hinder our relationships with God. There's many things. But God says what? What does the Word of God say? Love God and then love people. And so this is a tough one for a lot of people. But if the people that God has put in your life, if this isn't right, then this is going to struggle. It's going to hinder your relationship. It's going to hinder your spiritual um, relationship with God. And one of the biggest things that is a hindrance in our walk with God is our love for people. And so last week, where's your Andre? Is your Andre? Yeah, there we go. He's sitting in this. Last week, Yohandre was teaching out of 1 Corinthians 12, and he mentioned 1 Corinthians 13. And this morning, I actually want us to read through this. And I want you to look at the things, and I want you to ask God to highlight where are the areas that you're struggling in. And it says the following, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Next one. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And the last stretch here. When I, was a ch- when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so yes, Donnie, I've read this before. But when you look at this, even when I was reading it, God was highlighting areas in my life where, where I needed to bring an adjustment. And so, how is your relationship with the people that God has placed in your life? As a, as a husband, how is my relationship with my wife? As a wife, how is your relationship with your husband? Kids, how is my relationship with my parents? Parents, how's your relationship with your kids? And then Jesus paid the ultimate price for his bride, the church. And God places us in a family. And when he places us in a family, we're supposed to be there to love one another, to be there for one another. And so how is the relationship with those that God has placed us in family with? And so this morning, I really trust that if there's any problems and issues, God is asking, where are you at? Is there anything that's hindering your relationship with me because you've got issues with others? And he wants you today to get to a place where you can, God, I want to make things right so that it's not a hindrance in my relationship with you. Amen? Those are just one of the things. It's a relationship, but it's a big thing. And I've made some more here that we can go into. If you go to the next slide, what else? Other things. And so as I read them, you will know, God, this is an area that, that is hindering my spiritual growth and my relationship with you. It's unbelief or doubt. Lack of prayer and worship. Pride and self-centeredness. Unconfessed sin. Lack of obedience to God's word. Busyness and distraction. Materialism and greed. Negative attitudes and thoughts. Bitterness and unforgiveness. I just want to stop there quickly. Unforgiveness. 
makes you bitter. When you come into the presence of people who are unforgiving, you can sense the bitterness. There's one of my suppliers that I don't like to go to because he's just bitter all the time. He's just compl- but you, but there's, because there's such a sense of he doesn't know God. There's so much of unforgiveness and he's got problems with everybody. But bitterness and unforgiveness, fear and anxiety, envy and jealousy, lust and sexual immorality, addiction and substance abuse, disobedience to authority, lack of faith and trust in God, laziness and apathy, yes, it is in there, unhealthy relationships, lack of knowledge and understanding of God's character and will because we don't spend time in His Word. And I'll go into that just a little bit more now. But God wants to bring us to a place of like laying it bare before Him. This morning we were saying, God, come and do what you need to do. 1 John, 8, 1 John 1 verses 8 says the following. says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. What is it this morning that you need to lay bare before Jesus? You might be here this morning say, I don't have any sin issues that I'm aware of, but you might be you might be struggling through something. Um, so many people over this last three years after COVID and during COVID have been struggling with some severe anxiety, severe depression, um, and m- mental medical problems. And that is not what I'm talking about here this morning. But even those that are struggling with it, God comes to you and He asks you, Where are you at? Because nothing else out there is the solution. You're struggling, but I am your solution. And instead of pulling away from God, we need to push into the things of God and ask God, God, what should I do next? And that will bring us to our our next point. We need to ask, seek God's guidance. When Adam and Eve realized their sinfulness, they tried to cover it up with fig leaves. But what happened? They tried to cover it up with fig leaves. God's provision was better than what they could do themselves. He clothed them with animal skin. And I've, so many times in my life, with things and problems that I, that I had, one of the big ones was finances. When I was saved for about two years, and I tried to do things my own ways until I was confined into such a small place where I, I, I said, God, okay, I'll give you a chance. What does your word say in this area? And he, God's word had the solution. God had the solution. His way, His guidance. God, what does your word say about being a good husband? What does your word say about being a good wife, a father, a child? 
there is solutions in God's Word for every problem. And God wants us to seek His guidance. When He asks us the question, where are you at? He's saying, I want you to come to me with your problems before you go to anybody else. And then the last one. Penny, I don't know if you want to maybe just come up. The last one is we need to respond to God's love. That's why he's asking the question. He wants a response from you. This morning, even in time of worship, God was calling us to a place of responding. And um, God asked Adam and Eve, where are you? Not to condemn them, but to show them his love and his grace. And God loves and desires a relationship with you and with me. And maybe here this morning, like, God, I can't remember when last I've heard from you, when last I've felt your presence. I'm sure you felt God's presence during the worship this morning. But it's been a long time. God, when lost? And this morning, each and every single one of us have got a chance now to respond to God. That's why he asks us the question to respond to him. I don't know what God has been saying to you. Because you know where you're at. You know what you're going through. You know the struggles that you're going through, the things that you're going through. So even so, in a place of God wanting you to respond, because maybe there's an area of sin in your life, list of those things that we've gone through, and He's calling you to respond. I also want to say that in, your, in this thing that you're going through, and as a leader, I know I, I know. Quite a few of, of us are going through tough times. Myself, business, going through a tough time. God is asking, where are you at? Are you coming to me? And he's giving us an opportunity to respond. But I want you to say that in this, this whole thing, our walk with God is a journey. It is something that we need to push through. And so sometimes God will come and he will answer your prayers. God, why am I going through this situation? Please help me. And God will open doors for you. We heard a wonderful testimony this morning. Three years. Three years. Why did God allow them to take three years for breakthrough? I don't know. But maybe because he knew that they've got the strength to go through this. And maybe... Because he wanted to strengthen them through this so that they can be a testimony this morning of his grace and his kindness. In my life, God has answered prayers straight away. One year, two year, and I'm still waiting for God to answer some of my prayers. If it's his will. If he doesn't allow it, I know he knows that I've got the strength to go through this because he is with me. 
And I know that through this, He wants to strengthen me. But it's a journey. Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14, just with the last scriptures here. Not that I've already obtained all of this or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which is Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do know, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to, with the, to win the prize for God, which has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I have not yet taken hold of this thing, but I'm pressing on. So this morning, as we come before God, I want us to be open and honest with God. If there's any of these areas this morning that you feel, God, I, I want to respond. Because this is what God says in Matthew 10, 32. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. I want to say this morning, God is saying that if you acknowledge what you're going through, I promise you, He will acknowledge you. And so maybe just as we can bow our heads quickly. The first question I want to ask you this morning, if you're here this morning and you heard the message, and you've never had a relationship with Jesus, you've never experienced Him, you've never asked Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, And this morning, he's spoken to you through his word. And he's saying that he is the way. He is the one. He's the one that's pursuing you. And he wants you to respond this morning. Are there anybody here this morning that wants to respond to Jesus' call on their life? Just say, I want to be Lord and Savior of your life. With our heads bowed, just if you want to raise your hand, if there's anybody this morning that wants to respond to Jesus, say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Okay. And then for the rest of us, maybe if you can just go back to slide number 14. That one then. <clears throat> Sometimes we lack in faith. Sometimes we carry bitterness and unforgiveness. Sometimes we get distracted, we're too busy. Whatever that is, whatever God is saying to you this morning, we're going to say, and Jesus is asking you this morning, where are you? Because He wants you to respond so that your relationship with Him can be strengthened. If, if there's anybody here this morning, I want you to stand right now. And I want to pray for us this morning. Anybody this morning that wants to say, Lord, I want to respond. I want to respond to you this morning. I know there's more of us. There's, I know all of us are going through things. And I know... Jesus is saying that He will acknowledge you before the Father. Lord, thank you that we can be here this morning, Lord, 
and that we can respond to your question where you ask me, where, where are you, my son? Where are you, my daughter? Thank you, Father, for, for every single one that is standing here this morning. That is saying, Lord, I want to respond. Here I am. This is what happened in your heart, between yourself and Lord, and God. You can confess. Say, Lord, this is what happened. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through. Lord, please forgive each and every single one of us for what we're standing for this morning. Thank you that you are the one that seeks after us so that we can respond and that you can forgive us, Lord. Thank you that you are forgiving each and every single one of us that is standing this morning, Lord. And that we know now, Father Lord, by asking for forgiveness, that you have washed that very thing away. And that you will come and bring healing. And that you will come and restore. And that we now can walk in freedom in our relationship with you. Not hiding. Not trying to cover ourselves up, Lord. Not struggling with a sock that's halfway on the ankle, Lord. But it's fully pulled up. Walk in comfort, Lord. And we can come to you, Lord. We, don't, we can take off the mask, Lord. We don't have to wear the mask anymore. We thank you, Jesus, that you have washed our, cle our, our clean, Lord. That you are the one, that your blood covers us. And we thank you now for the freedom that we can walk in. In your precious name we pray that. Amen. If there's anyone of you that was standing that want to be prayed for specifically and you want some of the leaders to pray for you i want to create the opportunity you can come to the front we'd love to pray with you if there's anybody we want to we will we will be here and then i want to encourage each and every single one every morning when you wake up allow god to ask you where are you where are you this morning and remember, God places us in a family. We've got family around us that can pray with us, that can support us. And so I want to encourage you, go to people in your family that God has placed you and go and open up to them. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at. I'm struggling because that's why He places us in a family. So that they can pray with you, that they can help you through it. I'm talking out of experience. A lot of us are, know what that's through, to have family around us that is there to support us. And so I want to encourage you. And then I want you to love on somebody this week. Even if it's a difficult thing for you to do, love on somebody this week that is not in the church, that is not family, because God wants us to express it, because we should be an expression of Him to the world. So if you, when you go to the shops or fill up your vehicle, love on somebody. Even as you're saying, God loves you. And if you want to go a step further and they respond, you can invite them to church.